The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 487. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. What would you do if you were faced with $100,000 in SMP debt or understanding that your upward trend is powerful and probably good enough to get you into your dream school? That's what our guest today was faced with when he messaged me a while ago saying, hey, Dr. Gray, here's my struggle. Here's where I had some dip in my grades, some struggles as a student. Here's where I've recovered. Do you think it's good enough? And I said, heck yeah, look at that trend. That's why I love the power of the upward trend. And he messaged me not long ago to say he got into his dream school and he'll be starting medical school this fall. So I'm excited to bring on Mustafa to talk about his journey. If you haven't signed up yet for MAPT, we have different levels of MAPT now. We have regular old MAPT for free, and then we have MAPT Pro. With regular old free MAPT, you can use MAPT to track your GPA, get these trends, get the graphs. It's such a powerful visual to see what your GPA looks like. Too many of you are walking around with your hands over your eyes going, I hope it's good enough. I hope it's good enough. I hope it's good enough. Well, figure out if it is good enough. Put your grades into MAPT. See the trends. And if you have questions, potentially sign up for MAPT Pro where you can interact with one of our MAPT advisors for just a small fee every month or a smaller fee every year. Again, that's MAPT Pro or the regular old free level of MAPT. Before we jump in to our episode with Mustafa today, I want to talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you haven't yet figured out that mnemonics and study tools are so important for the MCAT and overall as a student, as you'll hear Mustafa talk about today with active learning. What are you waiting for? It's time to learn about flashcards. Go over to mcatflashcards.com. Sign up for the free Blueprint MCAT account where you get access to 1,600 plus flashcards and you can make your own on their brand new spaced repetition platform. You'll hear Mustafa today talk about the power of active learning. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. Go sign up for that free account and get access to all of those flashcards. Let's go ahead and jump into the show. Mustafa, welcome to the Premediers. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gray. When did you first realize you wanted to be a doctor? I would say it was probably in my high school years. Uh, my mom had a lot of health health issues, and um, and trying to and seeing her go through that and navigate those issues, I uh, kind of saw how it led to her feeling this 
the sense of um, a lack of empowerment, I would say. Um, and 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 medicine was kind of that that tool that that gave her that empowerment back and gave her that sense of belonging back and kind of allowed her to do the things that were really important to her. Yeah. And whatever those things were. Um, and so I, that was kind of what planted the seed was seeing my mom go through those health issues. Um, and it made me kind of gravitate towards medicine and, and seeing the kindness and the compassion and the empathy there that the doctors showed her. Yeah. And the whole team, the whole medical team um, showed her it kind of, that was what I would say um, planted the seed um, for, for medicine. And I think looking back on it, I would say that I want to go into medicine because I want to use it as my tool to to give to give others a sense of belonging and a sense of belong of empowerment. And with that empowerment, they can kind of fulfill the roles that are most important to them. Interesting. You said this was high school. Yeah, I would say high school. Yeah. Okay. And how's your mom doing now? She's good. She's Great. really good now. Good. 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 So, uh, high school time frame. Did you have like other ideas? Like, did did you want to be a an Instagram influencer or a, <laughs> a professional athlete? What what were your thoughts before this time? I think uh, I have I have a deep love for basketball, but okay. unfortunately, I, I knew early on that that was probably not going to pan out. <laughs> but my plan B was medicine, um, and I, and that I, medicine was kind of the only thing that kind of piqued my interest and piqued um, kind of that was the thing that I knew that I wanted to do. Okay. Um, from that time, yeah. So it was pretty early on uh, before other passions, other interests kind of arose in terms of at least long-term career implications. Uh, obviously, in high school, you're still out there just figuring out who you are, not not not, sure. not necessarily trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. So you, you have this idea that you want to go to medical school um, after uh, what your mom was going through. Do, do you have doctors in the family? Was was it a piece of cake? You understood the whole journey. What what was that process like for you to start to gather information? Not not a single doctor in the family. Um, that yeah, not a single doctor in the family. I was I was working um, a lot of uh, service service industry job. I've been working in a restaurant probably since I was a teenager. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I was I, I always felt kind of far away from medicine, and I didn't really have a plan. All I knew was you know you have to go in. You have to do, get good grades, take a dumb test called the MCAT, and then um, <laughs> apply, and hopefully you get in. Yeah, that was kind of all I knew um, going heading into college. Um, and then you know, college came and it hit like a ton of bricks, and and I had to kind of navigate through that. Yeah, what it, what do you mean it hit like a ton of bricks? Uh, it was hard. I was not prepared <laughs> for, for the rigors of college. Yeah. Um, Why not? It was. I, I would say uh, my high school was not, it did not prepare me very well. Um, mm. And what I would say is looking back on it. So I had, um, so I did my degree in five years um, and the first three years were a struggle. It was a lot of ups and downs, um, mainly downs. And and what I realized in that time frame was at the, at the end of my third year, um, I took this at the end of my third year that heading into the summer, most people, you know, that's usually if if you're going through straight through or whatever it is, that's usually the time that you take the MCAT, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had thought that it was, it was going to work out like that. It was going to be perfect just like that. And it's going to work out. And I'm going to take the MCAT and I'm going to apply the following year. It's only take one gap year and mm-hmm. go to med school. And then I had the two hardest, um, some of the two hardest quarters that I've ever had. Mm. Um, that, that year's uh, winter quarter and spring quarter. Um and I did that in a physiology class and I was like, yeah, this is, this is not going to happen. 
But looking back on that time, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Those two really hard quarters where I was struggling um, because I had to take summer school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on these classes um, and try to get them out of the way. And then I'll just take the MCAT the next year or what, or in the winter or whatever it is. Um, and heading into that summer, the class that I took was cognitive neuroscience. It was psych 135. I'll never forget it. Um, and that was the first time I learned the difference between active learning and passive learning. Uh-huh. And that was, that was the first time anyone had ever taught me about there's a, there's a whole science to learning. Um, I never understood that. I always yeah. thought, hey, you just read and whatever sticks, sticks. <laughs> and in my case, not a lot was sticking. Um, and so I completely revamped the way I was studying. Um, and I just turned it, I, I have this uh, rule of thumb. It's like, if I can't put it away, and regurgitate it or at least kind of you know map it out i don't know it and i need to go back and i need to you know see where um see what i'm not understanding mm-hmm. um and from that point on the the following two years the worst grade i ever got was an a minus and the only reason i got the a minus was because i didn't have a cup of coffee before the final and i was having <laughs> to have um and so looking back on that time that that was the first time that i understood i was like okay i have this intellect and we all have this beautiful God-given intelligence, but it needs to be uh, cared for. It needs to be nurtured in a very specific way. Um, and, and in my case, that was active learning. That was flashcards. That was putting everything away and, and, and um, taking out a blank sheet of paper and writing everything out. Um, of course, those next two years, they weren't easy. They weren't by any stretch of the imaginations. It was still hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I was doing well in school, but it was still difficult. But looking back on it, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that time because it, it's just it, it's turned me into the person that I am and it's made me more empathetic and and I can understand what others are going through I love mentorship and so I love understanding what people are going through I understand with my heart because I went through it mm. um, and so you know it's made me all the better for those those three really difficult years um, at the beginning of my college career but luckily you know things things worked out yeah you you had mentioned working kind of in the service industry working in restaurants were you also working in college as well? Were you trying to balance being a, a student and working as well to help pay for school and stuff? Yeah, definitely. I I worked um, I worked at the restaurant all throughout uh, college, um, and then I, I also had another part time job at the uh, library at the um, at our main library at, at my university. Um, and so I was juggling those two um, juggling those two those two jobs plus school. And plus all the other stuff that, you know, us pre-meds have to do. You have to do, re- you have to try to do basic science research, even if you don't like basic science research. You have to, um, you have to go to all the clubs and um, all the clubs on campus. And so I was kind of, it was a lot to, to juggle. But what I, what I learned um, is that when, when you have those, the, the right study tools, it makes everything a little bit easier. Um, where I could manage everything a little bit better and I was less stressed overall because I knew, you know, heading into a study session, maybe I had three or four hours right in between a shift or whatever it may be or before an exam. Um, But I knew that those three, four hours were going to work really well for me. And so it kind of overall just kind of decreased my stress levels. Um, And and again, that goes back to, you know, I had to, I felt like I was failing, 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 and I had to really, really assess what was going on. Had I just been kind of, you know, teeter-tottering, like getting Bs, B-minuses, getting by, 
I would have never kind of had that self-reflection. Um, and so I had that self-reflection and it kind of made everything a little bit easier. <laughs> not, not everyone celebrates really, really struggling, but it sounds like uh, it, it was awesome for you in terms of what uh, it opened up for you and what you learned from it. Unfortunately, though, there are implications on the back end when you're applying to medical schools they see a big dip there and they go, uh-oh, what's going on? Are you going to be, the the language that I like to use, are you going to be academically capable of doing well in medical school? And that's kind of where our journey began together. And uh, you messaged me uh, recently saying um, that you had gotten into medical school. So congrats. We'll, we'll get that out of the way now. Um that you had messaged me a few years ago to ask me about doing an SMP. Can, do you remember what you were trying to ask me at that time? Because I don't see that message anywhere. Yeah, so at the time, what what I was kind of considering, I was like, okay, uh, like you said, on the back end, I had to kind of assess like, where my GPA was. Do I need an SMP to prove to schools, like, okay, I am like more than academically ready. To do it and so i was considering going going and doing an smp um even given you know those last two years of coursework being really really i think it was at like a 3.98 um and there was a lot of units there and so but i still wasn't sure because my overall gpa wasn't where i wanted it to be mm-hmm. um and so I, I kept telling myself okay let's make this road a little bit harder and go do an smp just so i can be on the safe side yeah. smps are really 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 expensive um and I messaged you and I told you, I was like, okay, I have, this is my, um, my GPA. This is the upward trend in it. And I gave you the specifics. Um, and then I said, and I, at the time, I, I think I was still studying for the MCAT. So I hadn't had an MCAT score yet, but I had an idea of where I was going to be at. Mm. Um, and I asked you, I was like, do you think I should do it? Is it worth doing the S&P? And you told me, nope, don't do it. Take the MCAT, <laughs> apply and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I took that advice and, and I had, that, I had um, other other people as well that gave me that same sort of advice. Um, and, you know, looking back on that, I was like, thank God I don't have that massive debt going into medical school yeah. on an S&P that I probably didn't need. Why do you think an S&P was, uh, was kind of something that you had thought of, right? Because it seems to be the, the reflexive, oh, I need to do an S&P. Uh, why do you think that's such common... Uh, kind of a thought process for students. I think I think it just goes back to we're always trying to put our best foot forward, um, and it's 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 like okay, it's out there. It's something that I can do. It's something that you know, if I do really well in it, it'll be the thing that'll kind of get me in. It'll get me through, and it kind of also feels safe. Um, you know, it's just like it's just in case I got to get the ball rolling now. I don't want to you know apply um, kind of not knowing exactly where I'm at. Um, and I, I, I think for me, that was the, the thinking at the time I was mm-hmm. like, it's just not good enough. I need to do one more thing to just prove to them, to get away from that, you know, that GPA, that those, those first three years when I was, I started college at 17. So I was like, when I was 17, 18, 19, I have to prove to them that, you know, I'm not this teenager anymore <laughs> and that, um, that I can do well in your coursework. Um, and yeah, thankfully it, it didn't, it, I didn't do it. Um, it would have been a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money, some extra time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
Well, if you're comfortable sharing, what what was your final GPA number that you applied with? It was a, a three four seven. Three four seven cumulative. Three four. Yeah, cumulative. and was science around the same or a little bit less, a little bit more? Uh, a little less. It was at a three three, I believe. Okay, so three 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 four seven. Uh, and I'm sitting here going, yeah, you don't need an SMP. And so people on Reddit or Student Doctor Network will go, well, Dr. Gray, he's always telling everyone just to apply. But right there, there was context to that number that you had given me in that original message, which is why I love um, the graphs now that students can create using Mapped because they can go and put all of your grades in there and I can see those trends. I can see what those lines look like. And the context, the story behind the 347 or 33 tells so much more than just that final number. And so I gave you some feedback. It sounds like some other people uh, that you trust gave you some feedback as well. Even before you applied to medical school, just getting that feedback, knowing that you didn't have that journey ahead of you of an SMP and the debt involved in SMP, how did that free up just kind of your mental bandwidth? Uh, a lot, a lot, because then I was able to focus on just the MCAT and I was able to like, okay, let me try to do as well as I can on this. Um, and I don't have to juggle an SMP plus trying to study for the MCAT. Um, and the MCAT was also a journey in and of itself. Um, it took me a while to take, but I would definitely say um it, you know, like that's, I think you put it in a really good way. It kind of freed me up to, to just focus on the application and to focus on the MCAT and to try to, you know, put my best foot forward with what I had. Yeah. So when you're looking at the application, having a, a dip in grades or some struggles there before you figured it out with that active learning, did you in the application feel like you had to apologize for that? Did you talk about it in personal statements or in secondary essays that that ask questions about grades? Wait, did you address the GPA anywhere? I I addressed it. Yeah, I addressed it a little bit. I said um, I kind of gave them a little bit of context about what was going on those first three years, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I used it as a strength. I used it as something where I was like. Okay, this is this is this shows resilience. This shows that you know, I, one I was tested, um, and that I was kind of able to get through with it. And I I use this, um, I use this experience to kind of make me the person that I am in in terms of paying it forward to others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say I, I I kind of turned it into a strength. I would say um, rather than kind of just dwelling on those bad grades. Yeah, and where did you talk about that? I I talked about it in a lot of the secondaries. I didn't talk. I I mentioned it briefly in the personal statement, which I know I've been told that I shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, because you know the grades are blinded for some schools, but I mentioned it very you know briefly, um, because because it was important to me because it was important to kind of my story. Yeah. Um, because what what I, what I did you know after I I graduated was I founded a, a mentorship project, um, and and so I that was kind of the basis for why it led led to me finding it. Um, and so I felt like it was important for me to, to mention it there. Yeah. So I, I love the, that change in language there. So you started that conversation with, um, 
I wasn't supposed to do that, right? I wasn't supposed to talk about it in my personal statement, which is strong language. And I wouldn't agree with that. Like there's, there's, there's no rules here. You can do what you want. And then you finished it with, it was right for me, right? For me, for my story, that's what I should have done. And that's what you did do. So I love Definitely, that. Yeah. I love that. Sure. Talk about being a student, going through this time, struggling with some grades, doing all of the stuff. Were, were you getting clinical experience, shadowing all of the normal kind of pre-med stuff at this time too? How were you juggling all of that? Yeah, I was, I, uh, I was volunteering at a student-run free clinic uh, at my school. Uh, and I volunteered there for, for, for about four years, um, all throughout my time and uh, almost all throughout my time in undergrad. Um, and it was, it was difficult to, to juggle. I would say, you know, it was, it was another added layer of, of time commitment. Um, but kind of going back to what I was saying with, once I kind of figured out school, I was able to, to not only kind of excel in school, but also excel in my volunteer activities and kind of, um, kind of grow in those roles and take on different leadership roles. Um, and and yeah, so I would say I was doing a lot of the the, the normal pre med, the the uh, yeah run of the mill pre med pre med stuff. Um, uh, I was you know through the clinic I was able to shadow. Um, I was also a part of uh, maps uh, for anyone that is kind of the uh, it's the college chapter of SNMA. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I was also doing some research as well. I, I was doing some basic science research um, for for about two years, I believe. Yeah, but I didn't enjoy that at all. And so <laughs> through my clinic, I was then able to do clinical research, and that opened up the the world of clinical research for me, which is something that I really enjoy. Yeah, awesome. When it when it came to uh, finally applying, getting getting the courage to apply and and get your MCAT score and all of that fun stuff. You had talked about uh, addressing some of the GPA stuff in your personal statement a little bit, uh, but more in secondaries. How many interviews did you end up getting? I ended up getting three interviews. Three interviews. At three the interviews. three interviews, how much did your GPA come up? Not once. <laughs> not once. <laughs> what do you mean not once? It's a terrible GPA. Oh. Don't they want to know? <laughs> that's, that's what they all tell. That's what Reddit and STN was telling me. And I, I guess they were wrong. Yeah. So what did you talk about during your interviews? I, I talked about me. Um, I talked about my experiences and I talked about my journey and, and why I wanted to go into medicine. Um, and not once did I ever talk about GPA. Not once did I ever talk about MCAT. Um, and I was just talking about experiences and how they've made me into the person that I am today and and how they've informed some of the dreams and aspirations that I have as a medical student and as a doctor. Yeah. What was your favorite question you got during an interview? Um, I love the book question. I love what's your favorite book because yeah. uh, uh, I love reading. And so I love, love, love that question. Yeah. Did, did you have like reading or books on your application somewhere as a hobby? I did. Okay. I had um, uh, reading and also had basketball because I love basketball. Um, those are like two big passions of mine. And yeah. so I had them there and it was something that I think it's important to have those those things there because it kind of makes you more, makes them see you more as, you know, um, human, I guess, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> human. Makes makes sense. We want humans here. Humans. That, that's exactly. good. How did you prepare for your interviews? 
I did a uh, I did a lot of practice questions with I did as many mocks as I could, and mm. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and and then there is a there is a, a YouTube there's a lecture on YouTube. Uh, I think it's, his name is Professor Kevin Ahern, um, and and I watched his his two videos. He has like two hour long um, interview prep um, interview prep like lectures. And those completely changed me as an interviewer. Um, and those were the things that I would that I say was the thing that kind of really made me into a good interviewer. Um, uh, and so, like for anyone that's going that's heading into interviews, please check those out. Um, they're on YouTube. If you just look up Kevin Ahern medical school interviews, they're really really helpful. Um, and then I would say also, I think the most important thing is probably the mock interviews and trying yeah. to do as much mocks as you can with with yeah. friends with. Uh, HP uh, with like your health professions advising um, if you have one. Yeah, definitely. All practice, 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 practice. That's that's awesome. So I, as you come out the other end now, you you have um, a medical school acceptance. Looking back, do do you remember that that first acceptance that you got, or, or how many acceptances did you end up getting? Uh, ended up getting two acceptances. Two acceptances. Um, what was it like to get that first one? First one was special. First one was, um, so I had, uh, I knew that they were going to, if I was going to get in, um, they were going to call me kind of that day or by the end of that week. Um, and so I, you know, I was like mentally preparing throughout the week. I'm like, okay, you know, if they don't call you, it's okay. Like, you know, maybe they'll wait list you. Maybe they'll call you next week. Maybe they're busy, whatever it may be. And so I was kind of like mentally preparing myself. Um, and then uh, I, I was at work. Um, and then uh, we were kind of like uh, setting up and we we're trying to, you know, leave the office. Um, and then I, I get a bunch of like scam calls on my phone. And so I was like, oh, this is just another scam. I, I, have, I have an Apple Watch and I saw it on my Apple Watch um, and I saw this phone number. And, and I was like, oh, this is just another uh, scam call. But I was like, hey, let me just look at my phone to see if, let me just check. Let me just double check. Let me see the, the area like on iPhone, like it'll say that area from where yeah. it's coming from. Um, and then I look at my phone and I was like, okay, it's from the, it's from the city that, that, I, that I interviewed at. And so I was like, this is it. Um, and so I, I, you know, I picked up and it was, it was, it was definitely amazing. Um, it was kind of something that, you know, I'll never forget. You know, it was a lot of, a lot, a lot of long, long time coming. And it was something that, um, it was definitely something that wasn't promised to me. And so that, that was amazing to, to kind of get that, um, get that call. Yeah. Who was the first person you told? Uh, I I tried to call my little sister, um, and then she yeah. didn't pick up. And then I called called my youngest sister after that. She was the first person I told. Um, yeah, and I told my mom. Um, why Why sisters first? Uh, they're just uh, so I'm, uh, they're my, just my best friends. Um, <laughs> and there was there were, there were definitely two people. Um, they kind of just saw me through that. They really understood what what the what the uh, kind of what I was going through, yeah, um, and how difficult it was for me. Um, and I, my mom was at work, so I, I knew that she, it would have been tough for her to to pick up. So my sister was the first kind of person that that came to mind. Yeah, what did your mom say when you told her? She she was over the moon. She was ecstatic for sure. That's it was awesome. A special day. That's special awesome. Phone call. Uh, what are you, what are you interested in for the future in terms of specialty and what your, what your future holds? So I would, I would say I've been always, I've always been interested in, uh, pediatrics, mm -hmm. um, cause I just, kids are the best. And like I said, I've been a server my whole life and 
Um, I always loved when kids would come in because they're so much easier to deal with than, than the adults. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, but uh, the kids the kids come in with their parents though. <laughs> yeah, they do, they do. There's still there's still a better time with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, from everything that I've been told, is, is to always you know keep it to keep a um, an open mind. Yeah. Um, and and so that I'm definitely going to go into med school with you know keeping an open mind, but also um, you know, decide, trying to see, trying to like shadow and trying to see exactly what it is that interests me most. Yeah, that's awesome. So, looking back at your your journey from the the moment you stepped foot on campus to to now having your med school acceptance, if you could go back and tell yourself uh, something, right? Yeah, young Mustafa, uh, fresh fresh on campus. What what would you tell yourself? Um, just kind of let go. Um, I think there's a lot of times that we just we put a lot of pressure on ourselves um, and a lot of expectation, and sometimes it's just best to, to let go. Yeah, just let oh. go, let go, and and learn active learning, and learn active learning for sure. Well. Mustafa, congratulations on on your success getting in um, and and overcoming, uh, getting that upward trend going, not wasting money on an S&P you didn't need. Um, mm-hmm. as, as we wrap up here, for the student who is contemplating an S&P or a post-back, not knowing what's right for them, what what words of wisdom do you have for them? I would say just, you know, lean on others and, and try to get um, as good of an opinion as you can, um, you know, give, you know, go to your HPA or go to whoever it may be um, and, and you know, give them the full story and the full context of everything and then see what they tell you and lean on what they say, because most of the time they know more than you. Um, and mostly you know, as, as pre-meds, all we kind of know is Reddit and S&P <laughs> and SDN. Um, and so I would say lean on professionals and get that help. All right, so there you have it again, Mustafa, talking about his journey from passive learning to active learning, from being a not-so-great student to being a good student with still a lot of work, and finally getting that, that phone call that he was accepted to medical school. And who he called first. It's a great, great story. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you realize that no matter where you are in your journey, It's not over until you say it is. Mustafa didn't give up, took five years to finish his undergrad, didn't waste money doing an SMP, and made it to medical school. If you would like some help in understanding your grades, again, go spend $90 for a year of Mapped Pro Access, where you can enter your grades and communicate with a mapped advisor, one of our expert mapped advisors who have the knowledge necessary to give the same advice that I gave Mustafa, that you don't have to go waste all that money in tuition if you don't need it. I think $90 to save $100,000, pretty worth it if uh, if I do say so myself. And don't forget to also go check out blueprintmcat.com. So that's two places, mapped dot com m-a-p-p-d.com and blueprintmcat.com i hope you have a great week we'll see you next time here on the pre-med years
This is MedEd Media.